I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Teresa Meadows, CIO at Cook Children's Healthcare System in Fort Worth, Texas. Teresa was co-chair of an influential task force created under the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act of 2015 to advise the Department of Health and Human Services on how the healthcare sector can boost its cybersecurity. Teresa is also recent recipient of the 2019 Federal Public Policy Award for CIO leadership from the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. So, Teresa, for starters, congratulations on the CHIME CIO Leadership Award. As I mentioned earlier, you were co-chair of the HHS Cybersecurity Task Force, and you're also vice chair of the Health Sector Coordinating Council's Cybersecurity Working Group. Based on the work you've been doing with industry stakeholders, what's your assessment of cybersecurity in the healthcare sector these days? The healthcare sector has come a long way in a short period of time. You know, I think the first thing I will say is just the increased visibility and discussion at a more national level around cybersecurity has really raised the level of awareness, which I think is really the first thing that our number one goal was, is to how do we make people aware that cybersecurity is an issue in healthcare and that we need to start working together as an industry to improve cybersecurity across the board. And so I think from the the beginnings when we went through the task force report, us coming up with those six imperatives were really just the beginning of a long journey that we'll be on in healthcare to really begin seeing improvement. And the best part about it is since the Sector Coordinating Council formed our joint cyber working group, we're really seeing the industry take on addressing the imperatives from the cyber task force report and putting practical things in place that that any organization can do regardless of size to begin being more aware and more informed about what they can do with their cybersecurity posture. So, Teresa, as you mentioned, the HHS Cyber Task Force report in 2017 highlighted six key imperatives for the healthcare sector to improve its cybersecurity and also made dozens of recommendations on how to achieve these goals. Where do you think there's been the most progress so far in terms of moving the needle in healthcare sector cybersecurity practices? And where is there the most room for improvement? We've done a lot of great work specifically on helping healthcare organizations assess and understand what they can do from a cybersecurity practices standpoint. There has been some great work by the Secretary Coordinating Council around cybersecurity practices and how do we manage threats in the organization. And this publication has gotten really great traction in the industry because the group that worked on it was a large group of cybersecurity professionals. And they actually put together the top five or six things that people should consider when they're looking at their cybersecurity practices. And it gave them practical methods to address those things based on an organization's size. So it wasn't a one-size-fits-all recommendation. And I think that has really gotten a lot of traction, and people are starting to use that as sort of the baseline measurement and how do they begin to manage the threats and, you know, protect the patients in their area. The thing that we're probably needs a lot of work, even though a lot of work has gone into it, I think we're still struggling with the medical device legacy, medical device issue, as well as just ensuring that medical devices and medical equipment are secure going forward. I think a lot of work has been done there. The FDA has been extremely collaborative in working with industry on how do we begin to address these issues. 
I think the problem is just very large. And it's an easier process to begin building secure devices going forward. It's a harder process to determine what to do with the legacy devices that are in all of our institutions. And that's where I think there's still a lot of work left to do there. I mean, how do we begin addressing the legacy device issue? So now, Teresa, in your own organization, in your work as CIO at Cook, what are some of the top priorities that you're working on these days when it comes to security? And then looking ahead to next year, what's top of the list in terms of priorities regarding cybersecurity, privacy, and other related issues? This year, you know, our priorities have really been around risk assessment and analysis and really doing deeper risk analysis around new products that we're bringing into the organization as well as doing a retrospective risk analysis on products that we already have um, and really putting together some practical checklists that allow the organization, if I'm going to buy a new piece of software, these are some of the things that you can ask the vendor who's providing that software, do they have these security provisions in place? Or if you're going to work with a cloud-based vendor, these are the things that we need to look for before we bring that vendor into our institution. And so we've done a lot of work around, you know, risk analysis of product, but we've also done a lot of work around, you know, phishing and phishing campaigns and ensuring that people understand what phishing is, how do you recognize phishing. We do pretty much monthly phishing exercises where we simulate different phishing attempts and we educate on those. And that one is just an ongoing constant education. It's not something that you can probably ever quit educating on because the types of phishing attempts, they change. And so over the last year, those were probably two of the biggest initiatives we had. Going into next year, we're really spending most of our time focused on medical devices and medical device security. We've purchased a tool that will actually help us identify all of the medical devices on our network and then to start to begin to put risk plans in place for our legacy devices and how do we begin to either get those devices updated or replaced or segregated in a way that will not allow them to harm the overall network or impact patient care. So that's really probably our next big thing that we'll be working on over the next year. So now, Teresa, you mentioned medical devices. We've also seen a surge in ransomware attacks on the healthcare sector. You mentioned phishing. What are some of the biggest threats that you're most worried about these days? And what do you find most worrisome for the healthcare sector at large when it comes to cybersecurity and the threats that we're seeing? I still think today phishing is our biggest risk, along with just employees and lack of education. And so, you know, people, we have a lot of discussions about, well, how many security professionals do you have? And my response is always 7,000, because I think it's really important that everyone in the organization has some base level of understanding about cybersecurity and what the risks are and how to recognize potential issues. And I think people are always going to be our, you know, our Achilles heel because not everyone can be educated. And especially with phishing, these phishing attacks are very sophisticated and it is very difficult to tell if they're legit email purposes or they're not. And so spending time educating and working with our staff and our employees is probably one of our bigger risks just because there are so many things that can happen. The second thing is really educating physicians and clinicians what cybersecurity issues can look like. So, you know, showing a patient room and then making them identify all the potential places 
where a security event could occur. And you would be surprised the average patient room probably has 10 to 13 opportunities for some cyber event to occur if you're not paying attention. And what I try to share with clinicians is that you guys are are natural-born troubleshooters and identification of problems. So if you're in a room and you see something with a medical device or something doesn't look right or the machine doesn't seem to be acting in the way you expected it to, trust your instincts because sometimes it really is a gut instinct that things aren't working the way they're supposed to and clinicians are the best at that because they that's their daily job is to kind of look at situations, troubleshoot the situation, and then determine what appropriate next steps are. So really working with them and helping them understand the risks that are associated with phishing and with medical devices because I think those are probably our two biggest areas that healthcare needs to be worried about at this point. And Teresa, what about third-party vendors? We see a lot of BAs and other vendors that are culprits in some of the large data breaches that we've been seeing. Any particular approaches that you're taking towards trying to minimize or reduce the risk that vendors pose in terms of security at your organization? So we're actually, as part of our risk assessment process, we've developed very specific questions that we ask potential business associates specifically around if they're going to be hosting data, where is the data actually being hosted and are they using any third parties? Because that's typically where the chain starts to break down is that sometimes your third-party contractors use additional third parties to provide the service that they're providing to you. And so asking more questions about, okay, business associate, are you outsourcing any portion of your business to another company and would our data be shared with that particular business and how does that work? I think that's really a good place to start and then begin asking for some of their security practices. Are they compliant from a a security and risk perspective? Do they have their SOC 2, SOC 3 certifications? Do they have different items that you would look for from a certification standpoint? And so really walking through those. And I will tell you, those are difficult questions because sometimes those third parties do not want to answer those questions. And typically when they don't want to answer those questions, that should be your first sign that there's probably more to learn there. And so really getting those questions out and beginning to have discussions with any third party that you would use is really important. We also are using a tool that allows us to do a little research on third parties and assess their security posture. There are tools on the market today that will allow you to buy subscriptions where you can actually look up third-party vendors and they have a security risk score and they have comments on those security risk scores that can tell you, yes, you may want to do business with them, you may not want to do business with them, or you may need to do a little more research based on their current security profile that they have in their database. So there's lots of ways to begin to learn about third parties and the, the, the business associates that you work with. And Teresa, going back to the work you've done as a leader in the healthcare sector, working with the task force and the coordinating council and irregular exchanges that you have with other CIOs and CISOs in the healthcare sector. Based on all of this, do you have like one or two top recommendations or pieces of advice to other CIOs and CISOs about cybersecurity as they too begin to plot out their priorities for next year? I think the first thing is you're not alone. Um, Get involved in the Sector Coordinating Council and a joint cyber working group. There are a lot of resources and a lot of others who are in the same position that you are 
And those resources are extremely valuable, especially if you're trying to put a new program in place. They can give you, this worked for me, this didn't work for me. Here's some of the techniques I used to be able to get this program approved or funded. I think having those connections is really important because we can learn a lot from each other, and I think we don't take advantage of that enough. The things that I, thing I would say to CIOs is that security is not just the CISO's job. It's all of our jobs, and so it's very important that the CIO be engaged in security. I have a chief information security officer who does a, an excellent job, and we work very closely together, but it's important that I understand the issues as well as he does because sometimes as a CIO, I'm making purchasing decisions that I need to understand the security implications of those, um, and I'm making recommendations in our organization and understanding those implications is very important. So having a very collaborative relationship with your security officer and your security team is very important, and I think security is everyone's job, and so having that connection is critical to the success of your organization. And then three, in my work with the task force, one of the things that I learned is that there are a lot of resources at our disposal that I was not aware of from our federal government. Department of Homeland Security will help you do a security assessment. There are a lot of other free resources that we don't take advantage of. Get to know your local law enforcement, your local FBI. They can provide training and education to your groups as well. And I think those resources aren't used enough because people don't realize they exist or that they can take advantage of those resources. So I would absolutely recommend getting more involved in your community and understanding who your resources are. And I would not, I did not know those resources before I started working in the task force. And I think that's something that I really took away is there's a lot of resource out there that can be free to you or to an organization, especially if you're dealing with funding issues or some other challenge like that. Thank you, Teresa. I've been speaking to Teresa Meadows. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.